I've got no doubt it's going to be an exciting offseason. It's going to be an electric offseason in some ways, particularly when it comes to outside player acquisition. But the best type of improvement any team can make, any sport, any league, is internal. That's here, too. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If your interests lie in hockey and or baseball, I also happen to cover our city's other two teams, the Penguins and Pirates, and hope you'll check out those Daily Shots as well. The easy thing to do in analyzing any NFL season from one to the next is to presume a leap, and I do mean a leap, in performance from a rookie year to the second year. Mike Tomlin has a thing about that. Specifically, he's had it for years. He will vocally challenge and or admonish his younger guys that the fun part's over. You've now got to take the field with elevated expectations. We're not waiting on you anymore. We're not allowing for any sort of college conditioning things to be overcome. You're expected to arrive into the fold in what he refers to as NFL shape with an NFL mindset and an understanding that your assimilation period is over. That's his emphasis, not mine. I happen to agree with it. And when I look at this class of rookies that the Steelers just had, I would imagine that even this franchise's most ardent critics would concede it was a very, very good one. It's hard not to picture a significant improvement from all of them. You think Broderick Jones is going to be a better football player in year two than year one? I sure do. And that might go double if he gets what I think is his wish and gets moved back to his natural position at left tackle. Joey Porter Jr. took strides that I don't know that any of us outside of the Porter household itself would have expected. He was left in island coverage on elite wide receivers more than once having Ask Tomlin during the week, please put me on that guy. Put me on DeAndre Hopkins. And then came through, even in some of the most challenging matchups. DK Metcalf out in Seattle. You want to talk about performing late into a season. He took some lumps there. Joey Jr. did. But when the game came down to that one play in the end zone, the Seahawks looked like they had a touchdown with Metcalf. That was... That was JPJ with his hand on that final football. What about Keanu Benton? Tomlin talks about this kid as if he's on the cusp of stardom, which is not a very Tomlin-like thing to do. He sees something. His whole staff sees something in Benton, on film, in his demeanor, in the locker room, that they not like, they love. I could see a big... Improvement there. How many are we up to now? That's three. Let's not forget Nick Herbig just because he was taken later in the draft and just because he wasn't on the field all that much with the regular defense. All he did was, you know, something epic. Seemingly one out of every three snaps he was there. It was crazy. 
I don't know exactly what to think of his future because the Steelers coaches themselves have this kind of quiet way of downplaying things about him. But, you know, you don't let your eyes lie to you too much. When somebody just keeps making plays, you listen. Keep an open mind, and every once in a while, a Mike Hilton will just materialize out of nowhere. That's what happened with Hilton. Darnell Washington, part of that class, too. If there's any player, any young player, who's going to be more affected than Mount Washington, I don't know who it is. I don't know who it could be. Smith loves to have his big packages on the field. He loves to be able to shove teams away clear space, and then, you know, as long as you have the tight ends out there, might as well consider them to be passing options. He hasn't been heavy in that regard, but he'll do it. What if Washington takes his pass-receiving game to a new level? A lot of what he's lacking as a football player in general is just that. It's a lot of technique stuff. It's stuff that looks like it's teachable, fixable, and it's not as if he's bad at it right now or was bad at it during the season. Some of what we're going to be talking about, yeah, it's going to be positions improving. It's going to be finding a whole new set of inside linebackers. It'll be finding somebody ideally to replace Levi Wallace at the right outside corner. It's going to be getting a new center. It's going to be maybe moving people around at right tackle or just getting a new right tackle. I don't know. I'm almost always of the mind that the Steelers will draft a receiver with a high pick, no matter what it is that they say or what it is that anybody thinks beforehand. And I wouldn't rule that out here either. That wouldn't hurt anybody. And what other position might be improved over the course of a full 2024? Oh, yeah, that one. That position might also be improved without anything happening from the outside. I've had a couple of conversations with you now this week about looking at what the Steelers already have. That's never much fun for people. Everybody would rather look at, you know, what they're possibly going to get. Who might they add? Throw out some names. It's shopping in the aisle with all the toys. I'd much rather be real. I'd much rather look at what's actually there in front of us already. And I like not only what they achieved, especially in those final four games, especially with the pressure they were all facing to get W's in those final three regular season games, but I also like that a pretty nice percentage of the starting 22 on this team should be tangibly better in 2024 than they were in 2023. When we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. Today's J1Q comes from Drew, who says, 
DK, what are your thoughts on Justin Fields as it relates to trading for him? My issue with it is that if you make that trade, you have to start him as we would have to pick up his fifth-year option, right? I don't know. I would love to see him in a Pittsburgh uniform, but I also want to see Mason Rudolph re-signed and starting. This quarterback thing is going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. It really will, Drew. We will agree on that much. What we won't agree on is throwing fields into the mix in any capacity. This segment of this particular program that I do usually runs about five or six minutes. I could have it last five or six seconds and end this one by just saying this. Fields has played 40 NFL games over three years, and all of those, of course, in Chicago. In those 40 games, he has thrown 30 interceptions and he has fumbled 38 times. Once more, 40 games, 30 interceptions, 38 fumbles. Can I just sign off here? Do I really have to elaborate? Are we not paying attention to how very seriously this head coach here in Pittsburgh values ball security? This is the head coach who not all that long ago basically went to his first round pick, Kenny Pickett, and said, I don't care what you do. Just don't throw any interceptions. Throw it into the 12th row of seats, but don't throw any interceptions. And Kenny took that as if he's not supposed to ever take any risks in any capacity, threw everything away for a couple of weeks, and even once he normalized that behavior somewhat, still wouldn't throw to the middle of the field, still wouldn't release the ball when it needed to be released. You can blame some of that on Mike Tomlin, if you want, you can blame some of it on Matt Canada. You can blame some of it on the wide receivers getting dispirited and running crappy routes. But it happened. And my point here is that it happened because the head coach can't stand quarterbacks who turn the ball over. Yeah, he put Mitch Trubisky out there. I was there too. And he put up with three games of it. And then when he did pull the plug on Trubisky, he did so in an unapologetic and really, I thought, unfiltered manner. He had no use for saying anything good about Mitch from that point on. You don't go from that to, oh, let's get Chicago's quarterback because he gives the ball away twice a game. Let's do that. And even if you did, I'll play along here, even if you did, even if the Steelers said, you know what, we're going to bring in Fields in the same way that we brought in the late Dwayne Haskins. Remember, Haskins was kind of a a rescue project from his time in Washington. He was a first-round pick, too. He had a lot of talent. He had a lot of potential. How did Ben Roethlisberger put it? He said, Haskins can throw the ball through a car wash without getting it wet. He was brought in as a very clear number three. Well, you're not going to do that with Fields. Because you're going to have to give the Bears something significant, like a second-round pick, or first-round pick, whatever it is, to get him. You know, that doesn't make any sense. There's no logic whatsoever to bringing Fields here. I don't believe for one split second that Fields will be in Pittsburgh. 
I don't do this a lot, but you can take that one to the bank. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow. 